1: Said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and keeve bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs, and tend to pink foam pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to split the broken leg of a meadow lark. So God made a farmer.
0: Well, hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough, and this is episode 131, and I am so glad you're joining me today we have quite a treat for you today i have a special guest on i have anna from the house and she's going to come on and uh, talk to us a little bit about all the things she's doing and her journey into homesteading and all that we love those kind of conversations and and i'll tell you what she's doing it on a relatively small piece of land and she is doing a lot so i think you're really really going to enjoy this but before we jump into that what's going on around here on the homestead well it was a pretty productive weekend all in all Um uh, Had some fair weather, especially today. I was able to get outside and kind of clean up the aquaponics tank a little bit and get that going and and, uh, just clean up the yard a little bit and the garden a little bit and, you know, just kind of start those preparations towards spring. And I really am getting excited about the spring garden. I can't wait to really get things going. We got a few things going in the greenhouse. There's some spinach and lettuce going on in there, Um, but not a lot. I kind of took a little bit of a break through the winter growing this year and just didn't grow as much as I generally do in, in the greenhouse. But I'll be getting that all cleaned up and ready for some uh, some serious seed starting here real soon. But that's about it. I mean, we're doing just the, uh, you know, cooking from scratch stuff and uh, going through what we have preserved and, um, you know. That's kind of this time of the year. You, you just start thinking about the next year. You're breaking out all the seed catalogs. You're looking through and getting all the ideas. You know, I'm still um, kind of contemplating where I'm going to be putting everything and moving everything and the trees I'm going to be planting and, and all that this spring. But it's, um, you know, it's going well. And, and, and this time of the year is... You know, you're not doing as much with your hands, but you're doing a lot of thinking. You're doing a lot of planning. And that's a that's an important part of homesteading. So I really appreciate this time of the year and the time you get to sit and do that before you really start digging in and doing the, the heavy lifting. So I'll tell you what, uh, that's enough of that. Let's just jump right into this interview with Anna. Anna, welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm glad we could finally make this happen. We were uh, scheduled a long time ago to be on and for you to be on, and um, well, things happened. Yeah, they <laughs> sure end.
1: did. <laughs> this is this is amazing for me because you know I've been listening to your podcast. I think your podcast was the very first homesteading related podcast I ever started listening to when I very very first started dabbling in this lifestyle um you know probably about five or six years ago i don't know how long you have been on the air maybe maybe yeah, I'm getting that's wrong. about
0: it yes yeah, about yeah, the beginning right there. Yeah. there yeah i think it's about five yeah. years ago or so yeah.
1: I, I remember like listening to it before when i'd be getting ready for work in the morning and and oh like i just all i wanted to do was just be consumed with this whole lifestyle and that in you and your podcast were my kind of little escape when I was still very much stuck in my old real world of (laughs) going to work every day at a regular old job and not having a garden and all that stuff, when I was still really stuck in the dreaming stage. So, yeah, it's kind of come full circle, which is cool.
0: That's kind of why I started the podcast, because I was in that dreaming stage, too, and I wanted to talk about it and be consumed with it myself, so (laughs) I was right there with you. (laughs) Well, you're doing some uh, pretty cool things up there in your uh, area, and I'll I'll let you kind of talk about what you're doing, but first, before we get into all that, let's – just if you could take a couple minutes and just tell us how you did end up going down this path and getting where you are.
1: Right. Yeah. So my husband and I both grew up in the city. We're both from Vancouver, BC originally. Um and in my, you know, mid 20s, mid to late 20s, we were living together in a condo in a suburb of Vancouver. Um, pretty kind of standard suburban, urban lifestyle, you know, going to work in the city every day and, and you know, bought all of our food from the grocery store, didn't grow anything. We had a north-facing balcony. We could barely get herbs to grow. Like, having a garden and raising our own food and all that stuff really wasn't even on our radar at this point. Um, but we were just kind of, you know, disenchanted with the lifestyle that we were living. We knew that that, that there was just something that was missing. And I was going through a little bit of a hard time, too. I went through, you know, some boats of anxiety and depression living in the city. And I just didn't feel right there. And I knew that there was something else, that there was something more. And around this same time, we actually started watching a lot of um, those Netflix documentaries, you know, on where your food comes mm-hmm. from and just the, you know, modern industrialized Um, food system and, you know, pharmaceutical industry and all these different things. And, and all these pieces sort of started coming together where we were just, I felt like it was this awakening where we were going, Oh my God, like this, this is a part of what's kind of contributing to us feeling this way. And then this is part of what's contributing to us feeling this way. And that's the, look at the food that we're eating and look at this lifestyle we're living. And, and slowly we started to kind of put all the pieces together and, and as we were watching those those documentaries they were also showcasing people who were opting out of this kind of modern consumer prepackaged processed lifestyle that we were living and we were watching these people and and kind of this This lifestyle that they were choosing instead, and a lot of them were choosing to kind of go back to the land and to live, you know, a more natural lifestyle in rhythm with the seasons and with the land and growing their own food. And some of them were living off grid and all these things were really, really new concepts to us but we were just like it was we were just enamored with this with this idea and and i had never considered before that that was even a possibility for us but all of a sudden it's like a light bulb just went off and i'm like oh this is it like and just thinking about it, just dreaming about this like you know one day one day we could move out of here and we could have our own land we could be growing our own food and and i it just the idea of it alone was enough to just get me excited and to just get me out of this kind of funk that i was in and That was kind of it. Like, it was kind of full steam ahead from there. We started making plans almost immediately to, okay, how are we, you know, what's our plan? Where are we going to move? How, what, you know, how are we logistically going to do it? Because I think it's easy to, you know, have a dream, but if you don't have a plan, then it never really happens. And we were really serious about it. So we started making plans. We started researching where we might want to move to because we knew that, you know, staying in the city... Was just going to be impossible for us for what we, what we wanted to do eventually with land and everything. We'd never be able to afford the kind of land that we needed to do what we wanted to do, um, too close to the city. And so we ended up settling on a community on Vancouver Island, which is where we live now. So, uh, we are in now the Comox Valley, which is kind of in the mid northern part of the island. And it, you know, we did a lot of research, and we chose this area because there's a very strong uh, local farming community here. Really, really big emphasis on um, sustain, like sustainability and organic food. Our farmers market here is like top rated; it's the best in in our province. And so we knew that not only would we be moving to somewhere where we would have the option, the land available to us, and 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 the option to actually start growing some of our own food and kind of transitioning to this more, um, you know, slower paced, simpler homesteading lifestyle, but we, that we would actually be surrounded by a community of people who were interested in the same types of things. Uh, and so that's kind of where we settled and we ended up moving out here. We made a plan, didn't happen overnight, Um, but we made, I think it took three or four years by the time all was said and done. We, you know, got married in that time We, I finished school, we actually honeymooned out here before we ever moved here to kind of just to make sure that this is where we wanted to be. So we did a lot of research, a lot of planning leading up to it. And then we finally made our move, uh, about four and a half years ago, going on five years now we moved over here. And the rest is kind of history. <laughs> we can kind of get into the details of what that looked like in a minute, but yeah, we've been here now for five years and um and every year we're kind of doing a little bit more and producing a bit more and learning a new skill and adding to our repertoire and it's just I feel like I'm home for the first time, and I know that sounds may sound odd, but it's like it, it was, yeah, I felt like I was just living in the wrong place, like I was just a square peg in a round hole where where I grew up, and now I just feel like. Like, things are right with the world. I don't think I'd ever want to move anywhere else.
0: Oh, well, yeah, I can I can get that. I mean, uh, I feel like, I've always said even, I feel like you can homestead anywhere, but there's no doubt that, uh, when you're in a community and around people who are doing it, who believe in that lifestyle, and who will help you, and and just those kind of people, uh, it would definitely be easier in that situation. And I, I, you know, and I don't think everybody can move to a place where they're surrounded by a community like that. But if you can, it's a really good thing.
1: Absolutely, and you know what? I I'm a hundred percent on the same page. I think that you can homestead anywhere, and we are actually a living, breathing example of that. Because, like I say, when we started in the city. We did, this didn't happen overnight. We didn't move here overnight and, and it took a lot of planning and preparation, but we started learning some of the skills that we would eventually need while we were there. Um, you know, we started our first seeds. They didn't turn out very well because <laughs> we really had no idea what we were doing and we had nowhere to transplant them to after, but we did that. You know, we started just doing a lot of the back end research on, you know, retaking books out of the library and just learning about this lifestyle and about growing food and, and, um, started, you know, just you know we had a kitchen so we were able to at least play around with cooking from yeah. scratch and i wasn't doing a lot of preserving at that time i didn't learn how to can and do all that stuff until we moved out here and and you know had an abundance of food that we had to learn to preserve but you know we started i started just being more conscious of where our food was coming from so i would start shopping at our local you know farmers markets and farms and then i'd be buying things In season. And even if I was just freezing them, you know, this, it was kind of this shift in my mentality of how I thought about, you know, food, especially food is always at the heart of this kind of homesteading lifestyle. Right. But just Mm -hmm. thought about where, where are everything that we used came from and what the process, what, you know, what process it went through to get to us and whether it was healthy to be putting in or on our bodies and all these types of things. And so it was a slow mentality shift. And we started learning the skills that we would eventually need um, when we were still in the city. And we've kind of it snowballed from there. So it certainly didn't happen overnight. And oh, I know yeah. we still have a long way to go, right?
0: Right, right. So I'm sure that's just made a, the transition easier in some sense because you were doing some of those things where you started at least research them and practice a few things. Uh, when you did get to your property, you were, you were able to implement those things. And it was probably a much easier transition.
1: Oh, definitely. And that's what I always say to people. Like, if you want to start, just start now. There's always mm-hmm. something you can do. And that's only going to help you later on. Like I said, we were doing, you know, mostly it, it stuff in the kitchen where we lived before. But, you know, learning how to cook a lot of food from scratch made it so that when we moved on to our next property and we, you know, we're growing our own food and everything, at least I already knew how to handle it when it came into the kitchen. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then when we moved here, we first, lived on a rental property that we actually were, were renting for free but in exchange for doing work on the house because it was a hundred-year-old house on about an acre of land and it belonged to kind of a, a friend a friend of ours. It was my husband's old boss at his old place and they just so happened to have this place here, um, him and his uh, partner who they wanted to move to. It was her grandfather originally built the place and it had been sitting empty ever since her father had passed away. She had grown up there and they wanted to move back here and and renovate this farmhouse and everything. So they said, well, we've got this place sitting empty. And my husband does a lot of that type of construction and handyman work. So they said, you know, if you would be willing to do some work on it while you're living there, it's just sitting there anyway, so you guys can live there. So it was really a win-win, but yeah. it was, you know, a lot of learning in that house too. Nothing comes for free. Quote unquote. <laughs> when you're in a hundred year old farmhouse, it comes with all sorts of issues that, you know, are, that you, that come up and that are unforeseen you have to deal with, but it was a great place to start. And they allowed us to put in a small garden plot. And so that was the first place where we really started like gardening and growing our own food. and they. Had a hundred-year-old apple tree on that property, so we had no choice but to learn how to, you know, start canning and things like that. So my very first canning project was applesauce because we had probably, you know, a few hundred pounds of apples oh, come wow. off that first year.
0: Yeah, so that's, it, a, that's a blessing, though.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So again, we started learning all of those skills there, and that's where we really started putting a lot of these things into practice. But we were still working with a fairly small garden plot. Um, and then just last year, now we've moved to we bought our first home, and it's On a smaller property, it's only a quarter acre, but the layout is just really good. We knew what we were looking for, and that was another thing because we had been practicing and we've been, you know, testing with different, you know, within the garden space we were working with, and all these things we knew what we were after, and we found this place and it had a large fenced garden area in the front where it was nice and sunny, and had a a greenhouse already here, and just a lot of really nice, good little microclimates around the property Mm -hmm. where we could grow different types of things and it has got a hazelnut tree that's already established here. So there were some things in place. We've had to do a lot of work, (laughs) a lot, but there were some things in place where we were like, yeah, this is, we can make this, we can make this work here. It wasn't just a, like a suburban or urban plot. It was like, okay, yeah, it's only a quarter acre, but we can do a lot with this property. And just in the last year, I mean, Last season we grew our biggest, most abundant garden ever. We got probably—I well, didn't weigh it all out, but I'd say well over a thousand pounds of food out of our, oh, wow. out of our garden, and, and you know, are still eaten through everything that we preserved. And, and but again, we couldn't have done that had we waited to get the perfect property and then d- started learning everything that first year. Yeah. So in here, we already at least knew what we were doing as far as starting our seeds and getting things in the ground and all these different things, and we had done a lot of trial and error already so not that we didn't have some fails this past year you always do but we we were able to really hit the ground running a lot easier could have had we been starting from scratch right
0: absolutely well i love it that that you're on a quarter of an acre because i talk to so many people who haven't started homesteading yet right where they're at and they all they can think about is getting that you know 20 acres or 10 acres even five acres And none of them would ever think about a quarter acre or anything less than an acre, really. And they just think that you can't homestead on a property that size. And, wow, I've just met so many people that are doing so much on a property that size.
1: Oh, for sure. There is so much you can do, right? And I know that there's – I can't remember the the name of the family that's down, I think, in California. That's on, like, Mm -hmm. six – The Reyes family, yeah. Yeah, or – yeah, right? And they're, like, producing, like, 6,000 pounds of food or something like that. yeah yeah it's possible absolutely right. if you know how to kind of maximize the space and the microclimates that you have and all that kind of stuff, so we're probably thinking that the realistically realistically we'll probably be here for about ten years, mm-hmm. and we have a dream we'd like to get a larger property at some point and we'd like livestock and all these other things that um you know just won't necessarily be a reality where we are, but that's okay that does not. We're not going to let that stop us from doing what we can where we are. And I think that's kind of the point to be taken out of this, right? Do whatever. You might not be able to do everything you want to do, but you can do something wherever you are.
0: That's right. That's great. Yeah, well, you're doing a lot. I've I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while, and I see a lot of the pictures you post and things like that. And you're doing a lot there. So you want to talk about some of the things you are doing on this little quarter acre property?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So like I say, we've got our big garden in the front, which was a scramble to get put in last year because although it's nice and fenced off, which is really important where we live because we have a massive deer population who will come and mow down just about anything if you leave it out in the open. So that was already established and that was good. But the garden hadn't been touched in like over a decade. So we had to get in there last year with the excavator and the whole bed and like pull all and there was rock walls and all sorts of the people that were here before did a lot of gardening, but it was a lot of ornamental Mm. stuff. So it was just pulling a lot of old stuff out and getting everything prepped. And this was, by the time we got around to this, because we'd been working on renovating our actual house, it was April already. Like we were pushing there were we had transplants that were like getting too big that had to get outdoors. It was a real push at the end to get everything ready. Um, But we did it last minute. And like I say, we grew our most productive garden we've ever grown. (laughs) Um, So hopefully that wasn't just beginner's luck on this property. Hopefully we (laughs) create that this year. Um, But yeah, so growing a lot of our own food. And then also, like I say, we learned um, how to preserve. And in the old house, the first thing I did was learn how to can, just doing water bath canning and stuff like that. And then, you know, Now that's like, I can do that with my eyes closed. Now I'm, I'm moving on to pressure canning. I don't do a lot of it, but it's something that I'm kind of wanting to take on more this year. Um, I have an old pressure canner and it works just fine, but there's something about it being old that just scares me still. <laughs> like, crazy fear of the song. I'm, I'm waiting. I would like a, to get a new one for my birthday this year. Um, but then I've also learned how to, you know, we've got a dehydrator. So we do that and we ferment food now. And so all sorts of, I really love just, I like food preservation. It's just something that is really interesting to me. And I just love, I think most homesteaders know that feeling of like standing back and looking at a full pantry full of jars, of food that you've preserved yourself. And there's just mm-hmm. something that just, it's a feeling that I have not been able to get from anything else.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good feeling to see that food and know it's there and then just, just kind of have it as a, a little bit of a security blanket in some ways, but also just being able to enjoy that great tasting food out of your garden.
1: Totally. Well, in this last month, I think you saw that on um, Instagram, I was running a, a pantry challenge. And so we do every January, we do our own version of a pantry challenge where we basically eat through whatever we've been able to Mm. put away. And we try not to use the grocery store or we we do so as little as possible. And we base all of our meals around the things that we already have on hand. And this year, I actually kind of put it out there to my audience. And I was surprised at how many people were really, really into it and like really excited about it. So Uh, We kind of ran with it and we ran this, this, the Homestead Pantry Challenge on Facebook um, and Instagram. And uh, and that just ended yesterday. And I've just had so many amazing emails and messages from people who just got so much out of it. But it was really fun because we had been able to put up so much of our own food last year that, you know, it's one thing to preserve your own food, it's another to use it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was just fun to get creative with the stuff that we were able to preserve and just come up with really just fun, out-of-the-box meals that we may not have ever tried had we, you know, just always relied on being able to run to the grocery store for whatever we needed to complete a meal or whatever. So I think just that whole, like, the cooking from scratch, right, even that, like, well, I never used to cook. I grew up in the city. Yeah, my mom cooked from scratch to a degree I was never allowed in the kitchen, so I didn't do a lot of (laughs) cooking. And, you know, when I hit my 20s, my idea of cooking for myself was like putting some dry pasta in some water and opening, you know, a jar of sauce from the store. And like I was that was adulting. I was cooking from scratch. (laughs) Now it looks very different. Right. But um, so that's something that I still enjoy and that we both my husband and I really like to continue to learn about and expand our kind of knowledge of food and, and, um, food preparation and all this type of stuff. So we do, you know, obviously a lot to do with food, but we also, um, make a lot. Well, I, yeah, we, we, we also make a lot of our own products, I guess you would call it neat. What things our necessities, our wants Mm -hmm. and necessities. On my end of things, I pretty much anything that you can whip up in a kitchen is the kind of stuff that I do, even if it's not food. So things like I make my own candles, um, and I make my own, um, you know, body products and body butters and sugar scrubs and healing salves, and I do herbal medicine and I'm really starting to just kind of get into that whole herbal medicine and that kind of thing now. But Things like that. I'm not super crafty. I'm not like a. I'm not good at like sewing and knitting and that kind of stuff. But anything I can kind of throw together in a bowl and whip up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do a lot of that stuff. Um, so we've learned to now replace a lot of the things that we would normally buy from the store. Cleaning products and all, you know, cosmetics. I make my own toothpaste, like all sorts of stuff. So we're slowly one by one kind of replacing the unhealthier store-bought versions of things with healthier homemade natural versions and then on my husband's end he's very good with his hands so he is the one that any type of building project or anything that we need you know as far as anything that requires any type of tools (laughs) like he's he's on it and so he First off, we have a garage here that we converted into a rental suite and that's kind of our a part of our bigger overall plan of becoming self-sufficient on our land because now that we've done that and he did that, he was the contractor for that, like he pretty much did every part of that um, and now we're able to earn an income off of that, hmm. off that rental suite and earn an income from our land and then, you know, and things like even just little things like he's, you know, made rain barrels out of um, old garbage cans that now we collect rainwater in and all sorts of little projects like that. So he he honestly is probably my most valuable resource. <laughs> <Once> <laughs> he can build too much anything. And that's helped a lot, too. So we just kind of go by this general idea of trying to produce more and consume less and learn how to, you know, provide for ourselves as best we can without having to rely on outside help. And again, it doesn't happen overnight. We it's one thing at a time, right? You got to take it slow and we learn one thing at a time and then we get that good and then we and then we move on to the next thing. So there's still a lot that we, you know, buy and a lot of outside help that we rely on. But, you know, our overall goal is to work towards self-sufficiency one thing at a time.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like you both are, have acquired some and, and have some good skills that, that work uh, well for homesteading. I mean, him with his handyman uh, abilities and you uh, being able to uh, mix some ingredients together and make some things. Uh, so I would imagine that uh, is your plan using those skills um, to turn that into some income at some point? Like you mentioned earlier that you have a great farmer's market uh, on the island there. Is is—is is that something you're considering doing, like selling products like that in the farmer's market?
1: You know, um, we're not sure at the moment uh, on the property that we're on now. Probably not. Um, it's just it, it can be, it's a lot of work to try yeah. to oh, make yeah. money off of selling produce. Obviously, right? It's a lot of work to sell it. And even here where we have a really good supportive community, there's still the mentality by and large that like, why would I pay that much from the farm market when I can get it this cheap at Walmart? Right, <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah nuts and like I cut my mom's like that even right and I'm just like oh it's hard for me <laughs> <But> <laughs> I get it I get it right when things are so cheap at the store it's hard to justify sometimes spending the money if you're not necessarily informed and educated about what the difference is in those products right you I feel like you always have to compare apples to apples and that's not always the case with with those two things right Um, but so it's something we've thought about but it, if that happened, it would probably be one day when we get a larger property and are able to produce mm-hmm. a, a you know substantial amount of something that would make sense for us to sell. So something around here that would make sense for us that we've thought about is doing garlic because garlic grows mm-hmm. really well in our area. It's pretty hands off, right? Like you kind of just plant it and leave it in the ground for nine months. And as long as you you know fed your soil correctly and everything, you can get a really Really abundant, you know, harvest off of that with very little hands on work, and it sells for a good price around here. Um, So, we've thought about it, but for now, our income basically comes from I started my blog, right, thehouseandhomestead.com a few years ago with the intention of turning it into a business, and it's still kind of in the works. I'm certainly not earning a full time. Income office, <laughs> and everything I'm earning right now is going back, you know, is being reinvested. But that's kind of the long-term goal with that. Um, and then my husband left his job last just over a year ago, and um, he actually lost his job. It was just it was just unfortunate circumstances, and but it kind of pushed him to start his own company, which he'd always wanted to do. And so now he runs a business called the humble handyman and he does this kind of handyman work for people around town. And it's been pretty lucrative for him because turns out there aren't a lot of people who will take on a lot of the smaller jobs around here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's willing to take on all that stuff. So he's been able to do pretty well doing that. And then, like I say, we've got the the rental property. So we're We've got a few different ways that we've diversified income right now and are able to either earn income from our land or earn it on our own terms, which is kind of part and parcel to this whole idea of being self-sufficient and ultimately working toward freedom, right? Right, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it sounds like that's working out real well for you guys. Uh, I know a lot of homesteaders that that kind of wish they could break away from the the daily grind and and kind of go down the path of doing things for themselves and and see. Uh, I didn't know how. Far along you were in that, but it sounds like you're doing quite a bit. Your husband and you both are, are definitely taking strides uh, in that.
1: We are, yeah. We're definitely goal oriented. So I can't stress enough how much this didn't happen overnight, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it's really been one step at a time, and we've worked other jobs throughout the process. I still um, will. I used to be a teacher, and so I'll still. Go back and do you know sub at the school some days to earn a little bit here and there, and um, you know it's just and and even with the blog right, it, I started it when I was on maternity leave with my daughter. And um, and then I went back to work, right, and kind of continued it for a couple of years while I was doing that, and then and then decided that I was going to make make a go of it full time and stay home and really work on it, and so. But it's been a years long process to get to where we are, and you know, y- years from now I'll probably look back at where we are now and go, oh my God, I can't believe how far we've come since then, right? So, right,
0: right. Yeah. Well, let's talk. You mentioned your blog. Let's talk about that for a minute and <laughs> kind of why you decided to uh, to do that, start a blog, and, and it, even about home homesteading rather.
1: Hmm. Well, first of all, I've always loved writing. Like I've just, it's who I am at my core. I, it was, that's always, since I was a little girl, I was, you know, writing and documenting everything. And when I was, when I graduated from high school, I actually decided to go into journalism. And so that was my, the first degree that I, that I went into was a journalism degree. Uh, but that was also at the time when social media was just getting not even getting big. It was just becoming a thing. Like Facebook started when I was in university, right? And blogs started like the very first blogs were just becoming a thing back then, right? And we didn't even know what they were then, but it was changing the landscape of journalism it was changing, changing kind of the face of, of what that, what it meant to be a journalist. And anybody could be a journalist at this point, right? Everybody had a smartphone mm-hmm. they could take pictures on. Anybody could just publish whatever. And so it kind of, um, you know, the job market was really dwindling. And it was like, okay, am I really going to be able to make a living off this? And I didn't want to be like a reporter. That's not why I went into it. I, I wanted to write feature stories. And I honestly, I discovered while I was doing my degree that I really liked doing like how to articles and stuff like that. Like I just, I got a lot of joy out of it. I don't know why, but I liked it. And so, but I kind of put that to bed and I decided not to pursue it as a, as a job after school, just because it was really hard to find anything that was going to pay decently that. I even half wanted to do. Um, And then I went traveling for a bit. And that's kind of another piece of what ultimately led us here. But that's another story. But I went traveling for a bit. I worked in the travel industry. I was very much like living in the city, working downtown as a travel agent, jet setting all over the world for a few years. That was kind of this one point in, in my life. And then met my husband and, you know, came home and settled down. And I was kind of over that. I knew I wanted to lay down some roots somewhere. And I was figuring out what I wanted to do with life and all that. And then I decided that I was going to pursue teaching. So I did that. And I, it, I got a lot of joy out of that. But it just, again, it didn't feel right. It wasn't like my calling. And I just knew that I wanted to write and I want, but I didn't know what I wanted to write about. Like, I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. And so when I was on maternity leave with my daughter, I it, somehow it came up, I was reading something about blogging and about how people were earning money doing like with their blogging and it was the first time I'd ever even heard about this and I was like oh my god so I could just create my own job doing what I want to be doing I don't have to wait for somebody else to create it for me and it was kind of in the same mindset of the whole home sitting thing and you know I don't have to wait or rely on somebody else or somebody else to, to do things for me or to provide for me I can do this myself Mm -hmm. And so I just got really excited about it. And I just knew, I don't think there was ever a question of what I wanted to write about because I just have such a passion for this lifestyle and for sharing it and talking about it. (laughs) So I just knew immediately that, that that it was like a light bulb again, went off and all these pieces of my life started to come together where I was like this thing that I'm passionate about in this homesteading and the writing and the documenting of things and sharing and the how to articles and it all just kind of came together. And, and it's like right in that moment I knew I need to start. I need to start a blog. This is what I'm meant to do. And again, it's one of those things like moving over here where I've just never looked back. It's hard work. It is a lot of time and effort put into it, um, for you know, very little monetary reward at first, for sure. But it's Mm. such a passion project of mine that it doesn't even matter. I just love it so much, and I don't. I I can't even. There's no more joy. For me, than when I get like emails back from people saying, you know, thank, thank you, thank you for the pantry challenge. We got so much out of it, or thank you for this tutorial on whatever, or thanks, that was such an inspiration. Like it just, like <laughs> just, yeah, I, don't, I love it. I just, you get such a such a high out of it, I guess, right? That it just, that's what keeps spurring me on to keep going. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at now. I just want to spread spread this knowledge and with with other people and hopefully get other people on board with growing their own food and and you know if this is a lifestyle that they're wanting to move towards to just get inspired to just start wherever they're at.
0: Well, I get it cuz uh, I I tried to uh, get away from it for at one, uh, one point here recently and I couldn't even stop talking about it. It's like you can't stop talking about it. You can't stop writing about it. You just got to keep going with it once it starts and it's just kind of uh, takes you over in a way i mean you're so into it and you you so enjoy the lifestyle that you want others to have that same uh joy uh, of homesteading and, and be able to kind of go down this path if they're interested at all so yeah. it's like me you just want to help people uh go down that uh, that path if that's what they want to
1: do yeah, absolutely. I want to help people, but I also want I also see it as contributing to the greater good in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, this is just something that I've had to do a lot of soul searching about this. because I don't think I realized this at first. And it's really only been recently that I've really dug deep and, and asked myself like, why, like, what is it the core of why I'm doing this? Because to be honest, I've been on other podcasts before things. And of course, there's always this question, like, why did you start homesteading? And For some reason, it's been the hardest question for me to answer because there are so many reasons. And actually, it was you that I think I remember that you were on Melissa K. Norris's podcast because I was editing her podcast at that time. I was transcribing them for her. And I think it was you who said something about that if you think about homesteading like a like a wheel with spokes and there's all these different spokes kind of leading to the middle, right? There's all these different avenues and way, and skills to learn and things and that are bringing you to this one place. And it so resonated with me because that's how I feel about it. There's so many things that have led me here. Like I say, traveling was part of my story and, you know, growing up, you know, it just with my experience in the city, and just want, I always just loved when I was somewhere more rural, or you know, this feeling of wanting to be somewhere you know, that where I could live more in tune with the land, and then this learning about our food. And so, all these avenues kind of led me to where I am today. Yeah.
0: Well, that's great. I, I, you're doing some pretty good things over there. I mean, I you let's talk a little bit about your magazine that you're doing. I've really enjoyed that. I subscribe. I think I first heard about that. On, you were talking about Melissa K. Norris's podcast, and I think I heard you talk about that on there, and I went and, got, and subscribed to it, and that that's really good.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so the magazine is another total passion project of mine. It's a free subscription right now. I'm thinking it might, it's a lot of work, so it might not be in the future. Right, um, right now, what it's, it's a free magazine that comes out on the first of every month, and we kind of deep dive into a topic that's related to modern home setting. So we're, I've actually got the uh, the sixth issue coming out today, and the theme for February is, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, it's something called Huga. And it's a Danish concept of kind of cozy, comfortable living and how we can embrace seasonal living even in the darkness of winter and things like that. Yeah. So that's my theme for this month. And then every month I interview an expert on whatever the topic is. So I had this month I had um, Kathy Lepsevik from Homes, uh, Homespun Seasonal Living who came on to talk about kind of embracing the dark days of late winter. And so that's my theme for this month. But we've also covered um, September was our preparedness issue. We've done fall garden gardening, um, herbal medicine, um, simple Christmas traditions. Our January issue is all about um, you know, how to rock a home uh, pantry challenge in, in January using the food that you put up. So it's just really fun for me because it allows me to go into topics a little bit deeper than you can on a single blog post um, and just kind of provide people with kind of multiple resources to explore these topics in a little bit more depth and detail and also being able to interview and speak with other people in this nation and and is has just been just so much fun for me and to, to make those connections and to learn from other people and to kind of feature them and. And then, like I say, I've always loved just writing and this whole idea of documenting things. So I have wanted to have my own magazine since I was a little girl. <laughs> and it's just like the blog. One day I was like, you know what? I can just do that. I don't have to wait for someone else to give me a job. I'm just going to make it.
0: Isn't technology <laughs> so, amazing?
1: <laughs> I know. So that's what I'm doing right now. And so, yeah, if you subscribe, then you'll get uh, you'll get the current issue sent straight to your inbox. Um, and you can do that at thehouseandhomestead.com slash magazine. Um, but, uh, yeah, so right now they're free issues. So anybody who wants to sign up now is the time because they may not be free forever.
0: <laughs> well, that uh, Yeah. That February issue sounds like a whole new concept to me. So I'm definitely eager to check that out. I'll definitely want to see about that. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, so what else you have going on? I mean, I, I think, I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but the course,
1: yeah. Well, I mentioned the course. Now I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to mention the course just because I don't have things set up quite yet. Like I don't have a sales page mm-hmm. ready. I'm trying to, it's like, it's very much a work in progress. Um, so, but the course is, it's called seed to soil and I'm going to be kind of crafting it throughout this growing season. Um, and I'll be teaching people how to start their plants from seed and plan out their garden and the crops that they're going to grow in, you know, that are going to work best for the zone that they're in and their their specific property and microclimates and everything else, and then how to start those plants from seed and raise them, you know, into healthy, full-grown seedlings, and then actually transplant them and get them in the ground and give them a good, healthy head start in the summer garden, because mm-hmm. When I've surveyed my audience before, what I've found is that one of the kind of pain points is growing food and especially from seed. And another reason why that is is just because of time. People just don't feel like they have the time to do it or to start them, to take care of them, to kind of baby these plants. But there's so much benefit to growing plants from seed rather than just going and buying seedlings from the store. And it really I've found ways anyway over the last few years to make it so that it's really not that time consuming. There's a little bit of time up front. There's a little bit of time, you know, and caring for them as they grow. But as long as you know the basics of, you know, how it works and what your plants need at different stages and everything, it actually can be a pretty painless experience. And it's so much. First of all, you save money, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, just so much more rewarding when you know that you've grown something from seed um, and you know that you were you had a hand in kind of every part of that process uh, and then of course right when you're growing from seed you have so many more options available to you as well in terms of heirloom seeds and all sorts of things like that so it's that's something that I'm passionate about and then I know there's just a lot of people that struggle with that aspect of growing their own food um, and so that's where I kind of want to start as far as offering an in-depth course so that's what I'm going to be doing This spring, Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm just kind of hesitant to talk about it because I don't have any (laughs) people right now.
0: (laughs) We'll we'll just let people know that they need to keep their eye out for it when it is done. (laughs) Um,
1: If that's something you're interested in, I am running it as a beta test, which means because the course will be, I will be releasing videos As we go throughout the growing season uh, and showing you as we go, we're going to kind of go through the course together, how we're doing, you know, how we're starting the seeds, how we're caring for them, how we're, you know, providing the things they need, the light and all that stuff. And then all the way up until transplanting them. Um, But because I have to do that throughout the growing season this year and the videos won't all be ready right up front and because I'm hoping to get feedback from people as well and improve the course as I go, I'll be offering it at half price for the only time ever. So it will be set at $79 US at when I, that's the plan for when I release it next year, uh, full on. But so this year I'll be offering it for half that. So I think it's $39 for anybody who would like to uh, sign up. And that's just basically in exchange for feedback as we go so that I can, they can have a hand in creating the course as well. So if you are interested in, uh, in the seed to soil course, learning more about that, then you can email me at Anna at the house and homestead.com. And I can definitely let you know more about that.
0: That's great. Yeah. I know a lot of folks that want to grow uh, their food from seed. And I think the the thing that, that, people have the hardest time with it's been my experience that people have the hardest time with is the hardening off process you know the from that time when they sprout to the time they actually to transplant there's that middle time there where you have to harden them off and prepare them for that that outside journey and they you can lose a lot of plants in that process
1: so true and that's what i've heard a lot too is oh i've started from c but they just die and i can't figure out what i'm doing and i just don't you know and 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 yeah and i think there's just as long as you understand some key aspects Mm -hmm. of the process and how different plants respond to different things, right? Like not all plants can be started at the same time. Not all of them can go out at the same time. You know. It, so learning a little bit about the intricacies of some of these you know, common garden vegetables and things that we're growing and just what they need when they're in this more delicate baby stage of their life, it doesn't need to take any more time or effort. Um, just takes a little bit more knowledge about how it all works.
0: So yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a lot to offer there because I know there's going to be some people that that need that information for sure.
1: Absolutely, I know I did, and this is and that's kind of the thing, right? I'm I'm creating the course that I wish that I had when I was trying to figure this all out and spending hours researching online. And I don't know what it is about gardening, but there is so much conflicting information out there.
0: There is. You're right. Yeah. And, and there's
1: controversies about it and what you should do and what you shouldn't do and. It's just, yeah, right. So I just, it's my version of kind of distilling down all these things that I've learned over the past few years that had I known all this stuff in one easy to digest, you know, course or format at upfront, I would have saved so much time and heartache in the process
0: yeah yeah. you have to really weigh out how much your time is worth and investing and trying to find out and kind of shuffle through all that information out there and yeah if you can just find a place where you can trust the information and go with it that's worth a little bit of money for sure
1: yeah absolutely
0: well that's great anything else that you want to talk about or anything else going on that you think is important for for Mm -hmm. folks to know about
1: yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I was just thinking what everything that I've had going on. So the pantry challenge just ended yesterday. The magazine's just coming out, and then the course. I'm kind of getting really revving up this week. So I think that's, <laughs> I think that's enough for right now. <laughs> it sounds like you. Have, that's enough. I mean, I'm gonna well. The other thing too. So I have the blog, but I'm I've started up a YouTube channel as well last year. So for anybody who's more of a, a visual learner, I've been doing a lot of tutorials on there that are a little bit more in depth because I know that there's some things that are just it's hard to learn them from a written blog post, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just easier to see them. And of course, YouTube is a, is a great format to be able to do that and to go on for free and learn a few things. So um, I've got some great tutorials on there as well. And we're kind of working on building our little library and stuff on there as well. So, um, you can find me on YouTube as well at youtube.com slash the house and homestead. But well, yeah, I think great. that's kind of all the irons in the fire
0: at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's a lot of irons in the fire. Well, I appreciate I appreciate everything you're doing. I really do. I think you're doing some great stuff there and I hope you'll keep up uh, all that you're doing and, and maybe you'll end up you'll end up on that on that homestead that you really want with the animals in one day. Do you have any I didn't even ask you, do you have any animals at all right there on your homestead you- at the moment?
1: We don't have any livestock. We have, we have a couple of real lazy house yeah. cats. And then we have, um, we have two rabbits who are, they're just pet rabbits. We had a dog and uh-huh. when we were still in the city that was abandoned at the shelter that I used to work at. And he's a big, we think, because he was abandoned, we don't know, but we think he's uh, at least part giant Flemish. Like he's a big, big bunny, <laughs> a big white rabbit. And uh, so we got him and he kind of was our pet. And so we brought him here, but he's so big that he had to go outside in a pen. He just couldn't live in the house anymore, and he was lonely out there, so we got him a friend, a very big, we think also giant Flemish, <laughs> female rabbit. They're both fixed, so they. we weren't sure. We thought if they weren't fixed and they started producing <laughs> baby bunnies, then maybe there would be a business in that, but they didn't. <laughs> but they've got – you know, they're good companions, and they're just – for us, it's a good starting point because it gets us used to having this livestock, or you know, not livestock that we're going to eat necessarily one day, but having animals right. indoors that we need to provide for, that we need to provide bedding and food for and all that stuff, and having our daughter be able to grow up um, around them and get used to, you know, tending for to animals and things like that. But we do want to get chickens. We're hoping next year, we're hoping we're going to use this year to build up a chicken coop, and then we're going to bring in a flock of laying hens next year. And technically, we're not allowed to because you have to be on at least an acre. But again, this is why community is so important. We are surrounded by really awesome people who totally support us getting chickens. And so we don't think we're going to have any issue. That's great. Uh, and the, our neighbors out back, they're on a little bit. I think they're on just over an acre, but it's very woodland. Like they border the we're bordering the forest here. So it's not like open pasture or anything. They have a flock of um, they have some geese. They've got ducks. They've got chickens. Um, actually, one of the ducks, he said he's going to he's going to gift to us when um, when it comes time to do so. <laughs> so that'll be, you know, having that kind of community, too. We will often trade with our neighbors. We give them seedlings that we start because I always start way too many. <laughs> and uh, we give them produce out of our garden and then they trade us for eggs and for meat. And so having that community has been really great. So even though we don't have our own livestock yet, we border on a property with somebody who does they've had pigs. He even said he had a cow in their front yard for Oh wow. at one point for a few weeks. Right. So, um, yeah, having those connections and there's someone else, actually another one of my friends who they they raise, uh, meat. Yeah. They raise pigs and a bunch of different things, but she wants to start a garden this year. So she has asked if you can help me come and plant out my garden, we can trade you some meat Would that work. So I love this whole trading and bartering community within the homestead world. Yeah. As well. That's
0: yeah. a great community you have there when, well, you know, and, and, just having that community local and having an online community is just so important. I mean, just having that support around you all the time. That's great. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your passion for homesteading and your, your passion for, for helping others, uh, to kind of learn their way in this lifestyle. And, uh, and, and I think you're doing some great stuff there and I just really appreciate you coming on here today and talking to, to us about it.
1: Well, I really appreciate you having me on.
0: Well, that was a great interview with Anna. Thank you so much again, Anna, for coming on and sharing all that with us. Uh, She's just doing an amazing amount on that little property there. And uh, that just goes to show you don't need a huge property. I mean, I've been talking about it for years. Most of you know that I'm on a pretty small piece of property myself and that uh, I'm able to do quite a bit. She's doing a lot on a small piece of property. Don't let the size of your property uh, determine whether you can be a homesteader or not, you can do it right where you're at right now. So just get started doing some things. There's so much you can do, and I'll make sure I get uh, all the information for uh, Anna's uh, her magazine and her website and her YouTube channel in the show notes for you. So definitely go check that out. I know you're going to enjoy everything she's doing there. So give her a follow. Uh, also, I wanted to let you guys know that uh, if you're a big fan of the podcast, you're going to enjoy what I'm got coming up. Uh, I have decided I'm only going to go every couple weeks with a full episode. Uh, But what I'm going to do is twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm going to do something called Five Minutes on the Modern Homestead. And it's going to be just these little short five-minute episodes, uh, just two days a week on, again, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So there'll be basically four of those in between uh, regular full episodes. So I think that'll, that'll be nice. You'll get that little you know kind of kick of inspiration and uh, I just want to cover briefly just a lot of topics and I've been uh, kind of recording those and pumping those out so I'm trying to get several ahead so I have a bunch ahead and I can just kind of keep ahead with it and always have a couple a week uh, for you guys to enjoy and be inspired by so I think you're going to enjoy that I've kind of had fun making them so I I think that uh, I think they're going to be good for the podcast so definitely check those out I'm going to blend them right in with the regular episodes I'm going to number them as podcast episodes but they're going to to be these little mini episodes like i said five minutes so i think you'll enjoy that i mean i know a lot of you like those big long episodes because you got long commutes and things and we're still going to do that but those are just going to come every uh, two weeks and we're going to do these others in between. So that's, what's coming up uh, for the, uh, for the podcast. And uh, you know, this is, we're coming up on our busy season folks. We're coming up on that time of the year when we're going to be really working hard in those gardens, getting those gardens ready. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to that time of the year and, and talking a lot about it and uh, you know, right along with you being out there doing it. So, and I also wanted to remind you that uh, if you are new to this lifestyle, if you're not yet started, or maybe just started, and you're looking for a, a book uh, with some good information on just getting started, the the ins and outs of what homesteading is, how to evaluate your property, those kind of things. Uh, I wrote a book called From Home to Small Town Homestead. It basically talks a little bit about, about my journey and then how to kind of get going on a small property, especially if you're on a small property, kind of how to evaluate that property and get started going. So you can find that. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And it's really, I think, a good book for beginners. If you're... You know, more advanced, you're into it. You probably don't need this book. It it really is the basics of just kind of getting started. I mean, there might be some things in it that would help a person kind of take things to the next level. But it's really, I wrote it for beginners because, you know, I have a passion for that. I, I don't want people to be in the same boat that I was in for so long and just putting it off and putting it off. You know, start now, start where you're at, get going with it and that book can help you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, I look forward to uh, chatting with you again. Until next time, happy homesteading and God bless. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To learn more or find more episodes, just head on over to HaroldThornbrough.com. Thanks for listening.